When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Welcome to Blood and Mud, everybody. The podcast that would definitely get null point if the Euro pod song contest pod contest I haven't thought this through. If that was Euro, a thing, Eurovision was a pod, thing, the Eurovision pod contest, the Euro, the Euro oral pod contest, yeah. oral, oral, that yeah. spelling of it. Anyway, we get null point, and yeah, we don't, we don't, we own those null points yeah. as well. Tell you what, we we'd absolutely get mullered in the public vote. We might get a, a point. We might get a point off the jury if we're lucky, but we'd if absolutely we're very, very lucky. It was a but the public vote. A public vote would absolutely despise us. Rugby people mostly so. don't like us and our ilk, basically. That's become <laughs> quite clear, yeah. hasn't it? Despite the fact we love pretty, it and been amongst it for pretty years. Pretty obvious, yeah. But yeah, did you watch Eurovision this weekend? I did, actually, yeah. I mean, what else is there to do? In, you know, There's not still not a great deal to do. So yeah, I watched it. I uh, I thought Iceland were robbed. I still can't oh, I thought quite they were understand. Outstanding. I don't understand how like this slightly eight-bit dressed MGMT tribute doesn't win. No, absolutely not. And yet, I'm baffled by Italy winning. I thought it was. I mean, it's nice to have a rock band winning, but it's, I think that's about yeah. I mean, they were better than that dreadful fucking Finnish <laughs> new early two thousand new metal act who were fucking dog shit. To be fair. <laughs> Especially when one of them started rapping in an American accent, which is always Love a it. sort of, oh God, moment. And they were doing that kind of, it's like mm. a plyometric jump around the stage in unison, isn't it? Which is wonderful as well. <laughs> that elongated sort yes, of step lunge. Yeah. 
Well, I, yeah, I can't describe it very well. But you know it when yeah. you see it. Mm. But yeah, it I'll tell you what I was yeah. baffled by. Go on. Switzerland. Oh, bizarre. Something looking like fucking Liberace's secret lost grandchild. Yeah. Singing in totally. a really high voice. Too much falsetto by far, just generally in the world, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, after Eddie Kendricks from The Temptations passed away, why did anyone bother with falsetto after that? It was a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> it was one of those things where like, people were going, oh, yeah, it's a good Eurovision song, though, isn't it? I didn't get Which that I think at is... all. I do like the public think... understood it, though, because the jury loved it, didn't they? And the public were like, yeah, 100 points. Which is a middling score. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I genuinely think that it's a great Eurovision song is slang for it's a god-awful fucking shite ballad that's sung way too earnestly for its own good. The Spanish lad was good, though, with the gigantic polystyrene moon, which was very <laughs> was... detailed. It had, like, the Incredibly sea of tranquility detailed. on it and everything. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't like a... I thought maybe it's the concept of a moon. Will it have lights on it? No, it's literally, like, like a gigantic high school project. That might I'll land on what, him though, at any point. It did feel like that was the the bulk of the thought had gone into that. Because <laughs> the song was very, very mediocre. Bizarre. It was like, of a giant fucking moon. And oh, I suppose we'll have to sing a song as well. So uh, toss <laughs> something The Portuguese lads, they were a bit rocky, weren't they? They were a bit and that, Why was he miming the solo on an unplugged-in Telecaster <laughs> Deluxe? <laughs> but he didn't have time to put... Is strap on. <laughs> obviously, they were obviously they decided at some point you haven't got time to put a strap on. So what you're going to do is you're going to balance the guitar directly against your penis. And... You haven't got time to put a strap on. It's going to be the title of this episode, and people are going to be very confused. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad, and he sort of looked like Steve Buscemi's character from uh, that thing about. Gangsters in the 1920s, Boardwalk <laughs> yes, Empire. Boardwalk Empire, yeah. That ran out of steam, did it? I gave up on that after, I it think, did. Series 3. I think I gave up on it on Series 3 as well. Yeah, it was so just like, all oh, right, this is going to... We know, we know when to go in, we know when to get out. <laughs> so, yeah, University, but it was especially lovely for us because uh, my sister-in-law, who hadn't visited for a while because COVID, who loves oh, Eurovision, nice. came up to stay because she normally had Eurovision with us every year. And we have the scorecards out. And she's oh, nice. visually impaired, my sister-in-law. Oh, cool. So we have to describe to her like the outfits and so she can vote on them. Oh. So this was wearing a dress, Sean. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's quite <laughs> blingy. She's moving around a bit. Oh, give them seven, she says. <laughs> it's the most one it's about as <laughs> arbitrary as a jury, really. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Some of those I mean, some of those outfits you'd have required the entire song just to explain what the fuck was going on. A lot of ladies in leotards and thigh boots. They love that in Eastern Europe, don't they? Yeah, certainly do. Those was it the was it Serbia? The three the three, girls, the three girls made out of who, candle wax. Who, yeah, who had the the most hair extent? I mean, <laughs> God knows how many poor orphans had and their the wind machine for was those. playing havoc yeah. with it. It was Leonine, all of them. Incredible <laughs> stuff. Anyway, speaking of incredible stuff, shall we get on to... Mm. Well, there was actually a European final this weekend of a different sort. Not the one we want to talk about, obviously. But uh... they always go hand in hand, don't they? Because they quite often go hand in hand. Because I've told the story before about how I fell asleep on my bed after the Munsters to lose one in 2009 (laughs) when I was supposed to be going to a Eurovision watch party. See, they're they're really missing a trick here. Because you could play the game in the stadium, couldn't you? Then all the fans could stay, and then they just wheel the Eurovision in after the fucking zone contest. I tell you what, 
Who won it in the end? Oh, it's Italy, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, fucking do it in the San Siro. Next year, have the European final in the San Siro and then Zhuzhin Eurovision afterwards. Yeah, on a big mobile stage. It's not beyond the wedding yeah, yeah. in this day and age, is Absolutely it? Absolutely not, it isn't. Glorious. But there was Let's that wonderful moment. I, before we move off Eurovision, please, everyone is thinking, but... The, that brilliant moment when they announced the UK's public vote and I fucking laughed my tits off because we got zero from the jury because they hate us. All of them yes. hate us. Understand. But you get it yes. from the jury. You thought, well, but maybe the voting public, a few of us might have, a few of them might have liked it. Anyway, so you. the person we go to the first vote vote is the country in last place, the United Kingdom. And they have got from the public, pause, zero points. <laughs> I was on. I, I, listened, you, I, I was listening on the I, radio by now because I was giving somebody a lift home. Ken Bruce was losing his shit on Radio Two. <laughs> let me tell you. See, I just laughed out loud. I found I that absolutely myself laughing. I mean, that weird sort of, you know, Mad Max like fucking kebab shop owner vibe <laughs> that that guy had. It was just, I just, it didn't deserve a point. It was dreadful. John Newman's brother, I believe. Really? Yeah. So he, and he's a, oh, okay. he's a successful producer and songwriter and shit. In he just did this for something to do, it, I think. It's the it's the ego and the hubris of man, isn't it? It's like well, he's made all this time he's going there. Me. Yes, but yeah, he spends a laugh. But then he's he's gonna he's forever tarnished as a, a nil pointer, you know. And I just think that you know. He could have just never done this. Nobody would ever have known who he was, and he would still have done very well for himself. We should just have a laugh with this now. People should go in and like fart 100%. into a watering can or something for two minutes. Yeah. And we're going to get nil point anyway. So that's the thing. It's you know, Italy gets this shit. Finland got this shit. Do weird shit. Do really weird songs in genres that aren't obviously Eurovision, and you've got much more chance of picking them at points than just. Another yeah. forgettable Send a, fucking a scar ballad. metal band next year. Make that work. Italy somehow. did. Remember when Italy did that weird scar punk thing a couple of years ago? <laughs> I don't. I remember when Greece were all dressed like the Borg. Remember them that year? Like when a rock song. Dressed like the Borg. Yeah, yeah. See, it adds it adds the colour and the pageantry of, of Eurovision. It does. Anyway, I'm Lee. Hello, mm. everyone. Hi. Hello, Hi, there is. I'm Josh. Hello, Hi. Josh. Hello. Uh, we you can get in touch with us if you want to share your Eurovision experiences or excitements or disappointments. <laughs> and why uh, wouldn't I'm you? At Blood and Mud or Lee at Blood and Mud dot com. And what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner at Rocked underscore Mag. Uh, yeah, Crap. we're on Acast. We're on Apple. We're on Patreon dot com. Blood and Mud. Where you can get extra stuff for a little bit of wedge, you know, a little bit of support. If you fancy doing that, you're all wonderful people that do that. We've got no VIP members this week, Josh. Oh, it's finally happened. Finally. We've hit the limit, which is fair enough. Absolutely. We thought we'd hit the limit a long time ago. A long time ago. ago. We're thankful for all of you who got in there, but really... I mean, the diminishing returns on the bios now. I'm surprised anybody's volunteering, but if you want to do it just to see how bad it can get, then please do. Absolutely. So yeah, patreon.com slash blood and mud. We're probably going to be doing, I know we've said it, but we are going to be having a lion's schedule. We've talked about this today, haven't we? We have. Probably going to do midweek hot take episodes and previews and stuff, which will only be available to Patreon. So if you fancy a bit of that, then go along to patreon.com slash blood and mud. Big question from last week, Josh. Big question. Yes. 
our listeners will demand mm. and want a, a driveway block paving weeds update. Oh, I'll tell you what. They, you know, I asked and the people, they responded as, as I knew they would, frankly. Um, and yeah, you know, it was, they, they've provided me with various combinations of things, what I can get around the house that will apparently kill him dead. The only issue is, apparently it needs to be a bit dry to properly do it. Otherwise, the the dew and the wine water gets so in the, the way and stops it working. Is, is that yeah. our, our, our re-listeners took their time and effort to tell you how to deal with this and you've not been asked to do it in the last seven days. That's, oh, what, I, that's I, all I mean, I'm I hearing. Done, I, I've, I've, bought the, I've bought the white wine vinegar. I've bought the Epsom salts. I already had the washing up liquid. <laughs> I've got all. I've got everything I need. I'm just. I'm just waiting for that. You know, couple of days of dryness over a weekend, and uh, and I'll be right out there with my little squirt, squirty bottle, squirting those little bastards like nobody's business. See, I've been using Roundup for ages, but apparently it's giving me cancer. Somebody in the Facebook yeah. group told me you get access to the Facebook Shit. group as a patron, obviously. You do. So you where you get weed killing yourself cancer. Yeah. So yeah, so still there. I did love the, my favorite one was that someone suggested you accidentally spill diesel all over your dress. Yes, I really enjoyed that as well. <laughs> it would have been a good one. I'm sure Think that would work. Street. Of course yeah. it would. Yeah, so there you go. Mm. Well, I'm glad we've had a weeds update. So then we begin, as we always begin, with a player spotted, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. And Steve Langdon, a patron, messages us on the patron messaging service, and he messages us this. I was taking a class of students to the Kiwi equivalent of the Devon County Show field days for some careers programs. Oof. Just picture that in your mind there. <laughs> the New Zealand the equivalent of, of the there. Devon County Show. Christ. Is it just bigger? I mean, you'd presume so. But then, I mean... What's a field a day? Does it come from having a field day? Is that where that's, that <laughs> saying comes from? I'm guessing it maybe does. There's got to be some sort of so many questions, there, surely. Honestly, loads. He said anyway. He continues to Steve. I, um, he's got a class of kids. Who do I see walking around in a in a moon boot? So wearing mm. moon boots, but mm. the then oh my moon boot. As in, all right, I'm with you. Walking around in a moon boot, but the then injured Damien McKenzie. I see. You mean as in as in a medical moon boot, oh. not the eighties. Waterproof snow accessory moon boot. <laughs> Although I'm loving the idea of Damien McKenzie in a pair of yeah. 80s uh, moon boots. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. So anyway, uh, I see the injured Damien McKenzie, give him a respectful nod and carried on rounding up kids to talk about horticulture in the Waikato. I bet they were well up Did for that, Steve. I bet that wasn't a hard no, sell at all. Especially after they'd just seen Damien McKenzie. <laughs> definitely. Yes. I wonder if when you're out and you see Damien McKenzie, he gives you those eyes. You know, the eyes. The slow, t- shouty Damien. And he gives yeah. you a slow eye turn. Yeah. <laughs> Kids all start crying. One of them wets himself. <laughs> It'd be fucking effective. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? It'd stop any autograph hunters, wouldn't it? Or don't. Absolutely. As if people nobody's, ever, nobody's, ever, nobody's ever got Damien McKenzie. I've shown my age there. I Selfie know. hunters. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing. Like... There's no, like, who's, whoever made autograph books back in the day must be on odd times now. 
Yeah, well, the weird... I was watching, because, you know, I got... I was sat in the living room while Antiques Roadshow was on yesterday, because mm-hmm. Mrs. Blood and Mud watches it. And uh, on Ms. Blood and Mud, as she'd probably like to be known. She, um... <laughs> And it was on, and there was actually some guy. A lot of pe- there's a lot of more people turning up at Antiques Roadshow now. I've noticed who used to work in rock and roll and have lots of like old posters that are signed and stuff because the the market sure is getting mega now apparently. And there was a yeah. bloke who'd done um, and there was somebody who'd been a stunt man. That was it, and he'd worked with loads of people. Long story short, he had a load of Beatles autographs, Oof. and they were going like the three grand each basically. Yeah. And somebody also had a postcard of a Warhol painting of Jagger that had been signed by Jagger and Warhol. They were like five grand a postcard, basically. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm coming to is, how would you sell a selfie on the Antiques Roadshow of 40 years to come? It's fucking NFT, isn't it? (laughs) This is why they're trying to make this absolute fucking scam of a thing a thing, because somebody's going to want to... They're trying to make... A way for selfies to be worth money. That's my suspicion. Bitcoin selfies. We'll be like that. They have to have like they have to be encoded or something. Because it has to be Honest. something, wouldn't it? Yeah. There's gotta be some well, this is the thing, they're trying to create artificial scarcity in some way. And I guess the Who NF, knows? you know, NFT selfies, you know. I'm not sure why you'd want one, but NFT, I just realized what NFT is. That's the non-fungible token. Fungible token, token. yeah. What does fungible mean? It's a great word, but what does it mean? Does it mean like I mean, you, it can't be destroyed. mimicked? Yeah, yeah, it's, it can't be <laughs> replicated. So non-fungal token. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's, the. I mean, I'm sure people will email us telling us why NFTs are actually great, but honestly, they seem like the biggest fucking scam in the history of scams. And the fact that people are already paying hundreds of thousands, if not millions, for I might these start things. saying that in meetings with IT, having work, just start yeah. randomly going, "Is that is is that fungible?" <laughs> <laughs> and see what they say, because actually, even yeah. if it's out of context, he might still try and answer me. Yeah, maybe maybe this is the route to sort of you know professional advancement. Just slide <laughs> the word fungible into any conversation. Because I'm very concerned about the fungibility of this. <laughs> nobody want to question me yeah putting the fun in fungible <laughs> non-fungible anyway. funeral yeah um, right so yeah Damien McKenzie in the Y Cats mm. uh, yeah they had another one of them on lovely stuff on fucking Antiques Roadshow last night one of them rocks up you know mm. where'd you get this painting from oh well my father paid 72 pounds for it oh, in 1924 and he got to go, well, there's quite... Yeah. A... when £72 was about 10 grand. Yeah, you could have bought half a Grimsby in 1924 <laughs> for 72 quid. And what's it worth now? Yeah. It's worth £50,000. Well, that's quite a return on investment, isn't it? No! It's worth exactly what it was worth when you bought it, you fucking bastard. Uh, my oh. dad was on the Antiques Roadshow last year. Was he? What does yeah. your dad collect? Uh, he doesn't collect anything. Already found but, something um, in, a, in a car boot. They're the has, acceptable ones. They're the good ones. He has something that was handed down to him from uh, my um, uncle. Who, right. Never mind uh, all work, that. Just used, used to work for Aston Martin. Let's cut to the chase. What was the number? Yeah. Uh, like 40 grand, but I don't think it's true. Woof. I don't, I Is think that coming so. your way? <laughs> I mean, what, one day theoretically, yes, but I don't. 
I can't. I don't, I don't believe it's true. I think it's all lies. Well, that <laughs> plus your 1960s Marshall amp. Ooh, you'll be fucking yeah. quids in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should take that on Antiques Roadshow and we can complete the family set of being When will on they Antiques start Roadshow. rocking up, do you think? When will vintage guitars genuinely start turning up? The thing is, people know what they're worth, don't they? There's nothing secret about them in some ways. Unless no, you want to be a fucking all, bragger about it. I mean, they already have. You know, a 1960 Strat is easy 40 grand now if it's in good nick. You know, that's a lot of money for something that was probably about 200 quid, you know, or $200 when it was new. And made by untrained people. Yeah. Like I was two made days by, of training. Yeah, I was, I was made by sort of Mexican folk who had been to, taught how to do a thing. To the, <laughs> yeah, just wind the, the wire okay around there. Yeah, 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 just wind the wire around there. He'll QA you for you, that. don't worry. Yeah. Very skilled people, undeniably, but, you know, it was mass production, and yet a lot of money. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so you didn't get a you didn't get a selfie, Steve. I see with with Damien. You left him to it with his moon boot on. Good for you. Good the, for you. The, the the Waikato County was it province show stage show? What is it? I don't know. Something I mean, like it that. Sounds a belter. I bet they know how mm. to do that in New Zealand. Hell yeah! Now then, that was the player spotted. Yes. Shall we do some news, Josh? I think we probably should, shouldn't we? I suppose the big news, which is you know to put a dampener on things, really, is that. Uh, Poor Theo Brophy Clues has had to retire. Cost yeah, concussion. and Scott Otten as well. The Theo Brophy oh, Clues yeah. one just feels like quite because he he made you know he was had been out for a, a little while with a head injury, and then came back. I think he was in the game against Bristol a couple of months back, and played very well, and then got a head knock again, and now it's all over. And I mean, fucking hell, that's that's rough for somebody of twenty four, isn't it? The thing is, I'm not an advocate of the um, volcanic take merchants who take every injury and just present it as as non-repudiate, reputable? No, that's the wrong word. Don't know. In, <laughs> evidence you can't repudiate. Of that's why everything has to be head injury and stuff. However, because it isn't on itself, on its own, enough yeah. to do it. But surely, when you do see stuff like this, it should give you a bit of pause. Indeed. And you should just go, maybe I'll stop banging on about it now. Because, and I, and I can't say this often enough, really. It's not really ruining the game. It's ruining the afternoon of one player who gets sent off. Yeah, exactly. We'll come and to we'll this come later this. on. Obviously, we'll come to this later. But yeah, it's, it's, it's enough to make you go, fucking hell. You know? On the one hand, it's very sad for the Abrofi Clues that he's had to play this young. On the other hand, I'm really glad that rugby has come on enough that he's being advised at 24 not to carry on. And yeah. and then on the same thing, it should be a, a reminder that, you know, this is what can happen. You know, this is why we can't let up on this sort of stuff because it's, you know, yeah. it's still happening. You have to you know, create an environment st- where this is as minimal as possible, basically. Yeah. It's quite simple, really. It's, I mean, the thing is, it took me a while. I remember when this first came out, oh, me and you, we shouting and screaming, we, saying you're going to ruin last-ditch tackles and a huge part of what the game is. And, of course, you fast-forward 12 months, and you're like, well, no, it's just a little the bit world's, different. <laughs> the world kept on turning. You know, it's like the sport changes, but it doesn't change so much that it's unrecognisable. And, yeah... You know, it's so a great. You know, we can turn it into a political fucking rant, as everyone knows we can. 
But actually, oh, yes. but really, as you said, the main message is incredibly sad that a, is he twenty four? They all broke his Has to go and Scott. And I mean, he's a bit longer than a tooth, but he's not old, is he? Scott? Yeah, no, he's twenty eight. I think something like that. But uh, however, yeah, of no. course, he has got the coffee business to fall back he's got on. The coffee hasn't business, he? indeed. And he has got scoring one of the all time great uh, disallowed hooker tries, where he did that chip over the top and scored, and then somebody. I think it was Luke Pierce actually chalked it off for another player having a marginal knock on in the lead up. And bearing in mind, Munster were like twenty nine three up in the sixtieth minute at this point. And I'm Nigel still would have given it. Never forgive Luke Pierce for that. Nigel would have absolutely given it. would have. Fucking he would have taken the Italy route. <laughs> Italy um, last twenty minutes referee, and Nigel yeah. would have. Speaking done. of, ret- <laughs> yeah. Absolutely would have. We were twenty eight three down or whatever it was. Just fucking let him let him score an absolute worldy try that he's gonna tell his grandkids about. No, chalk it off, you mean spirited fucking Absolutely. Anyway. Um speaking of people who've retired but who actually want to retire, um Kenki Fukuoka, uh Japan winger, has mm. retired at twenty eight as well. Um, after winning the top league final. With the uh, Panasonic, whatever the hells they are. Wild uh, Nights. Wild Nights, indeed. Uh, to focus on his medical career, which is gloriously old school. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that he would have got offers to go and play in Europe, given what he did in the World Cup in 2019, because obviously he scored a try against Ireland. He scored two against Scotland. So he was basically the beating heart of two of the biggest moments in Japanese rugby history. But fair play to him. Enjoy your incredibly stressful and demanding retirement in medicine, pal. <laughs> Enjoy the PPE you'll be wearing for the next two years. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah is he actually doing it or is he saying he's doing it and then coming back three months later like Jamie Roberts said, I'm not going to bother I mean, being a doctor because that looks like really fucking hard graft, by yeah, the way. Yeah. And then I'm going to go and do a management masters because I've realised that actually doctoring is a fucking hard job. I am not into it. I mean, literally you've got people's lives in your hands. Literally every single day. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other news? Uh, Antoine Dupont. Speaking uh, yeah. of people with a massive fucking head, he's just won um, <laughs> European Player of the Year. Yeah, which would be a blow to all those Sam Stimmons stands who enjoy pointing out that he's reigning European Player of the Year, as if somehow that matters when we're talking about Test rugby. <laughs> um, it's a weird one though, because for large parts of this season, Antoine Dupont has played a lot more like Antoine Dupont. <laughs> oh, uh, very good. <laughs> Hello. Um, Rapido version or Euro Trash version? <laughs> oh, Euro Trash version. Of course. 100%. <laughs> Do you remember when, like two or three years ago, Antoine Ducon, um did the Top 14 Player of the Year awards? No, I do not. Uh, but if it's on YouTube, he, I shall be looking. Uh, it's It's quite a thing. It's the top, yeah, I think it was the Top 14 awards or something like that. And I think he might have presented it naked. Let's have a look. Beautiful. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's not been... Yes, he presented uh, He presented Victor Vito with the top 14 player of the season wearing nothing but a rugby ball. <laughs> and he's entirely oiled and hairless. Amazing. I mean, you've got to hand it to him. I tell you what, Antoine, for a man who looked like he was in his 40s in the 90s, uh, See, I keep coming like... a cropper on this, right? People yeah. who in the 90s look like they're in the 40s, and I watch them now in the 90s, and I go, fucking hell, they look young. 
because I am now in I my forties. There, there is that. There is that. But for a man who's got to be in his late fifties, mm. he's in very good nick. And I mean, you can, you know, top to bottom, you can see he's in trim shape. But, <laughs> but he's well. six. Holy fuck! Do you know how old Antoine de Corn is? I, that's, well, I could I'm trying to think. He must have been in his thirties in the nineties, so he must be knocking on for sixty. He is 67 years old. Yes. And he is in fucking great nick. He is aged like a fine wine. Good for him. Unlike everyone on Eurotrash. I'd, I'd be imagine. getting me fucking clacker out at 67 if I looked Absolutely. in good nick. Honest, genuinely, if I looked like Artois de Condes at what must have been then 65, I'd never put any clothes on. <laughs> so not even a singlet would touch your flesh. <laughs> no, indeed. It'd be, it'd be a waste for a singlet. In fact, I'm going to just... Uh, just drop this into the chat. Honestly, this was in two years ago. Let me have a look. Man alive. Seriously. Honestly, Fucking... that is that is like he looks a bit like David Tennant. He's he's got abs. He's in very and he is properly oiled you know, up. He's got he's got that thing that really ripped people have where your sort of stomach muscles sort of go in. Around your yeah. abs. And you have that like V shape by your pelvis yeah, and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean He looks like post lockdown Jiffy. Do you remember when Jiffy suddenly emerged as an action man <laughs> character after lockdown? <laughs> yeah. Although in the, I, th- I think Antoine's probably aged a lot better than, than Jiffy has. I bet Antoine's honest. opinions have aged a lot better than Jiffy I has. Jiffy's bet that also, yeah. <laughs> You've had it again on Twitter this week, Ellie. I've not seen it. Somebody told me I've, he's been ranting and raving again about something. I've I've had to to mute poor Jiffy. <laughs> yes, anyway. I'm Liam asking about top 14 viewership figures anymore. <laughs> anyway, yes. So Antoine Dupont, um, European uh, Player uh, of the Year after yes. an odd, after not, an odd season. Not, yeah, not his best season, but I mean, you know, he was probably, he's the most famous player on the best team, so fair enough, I guess. And first French person to win. Mad that. The men's one, I think. Anyway, really yeah. mad. I mean, obviously, players at French teams have won it, but they've usually mm. been, you know, like uh, your Kiwis of this world. Yeah, Kiwi or uh, well, what's his face? Uh, Toulon flanker won it. Stefan Armitage. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's yeah, very strange. But yeah, fair play to him. You know, he played well on Saturday. Sort of. He did actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is a big game player, isn't he? He is. Or he, and even if he's not playing that well, he does something big game in it. <laughs> he does. And he did. Like, whether it's a tackle or whether it's just a sort of... An offload or something. Yeah, we'll he's done something. Yes. Uh, uh, any more news? Mike Brown is is appalling. Appealing. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> he's got a big brass neck to go with that big bald head of his, hasn't he? When I was a union rep, right, <laughs> and somebody would get sacked... Yeah, I'd say you might as well appeal, because the risk with appealing is that the ruling gets worse. But if you're already yeah. if you're already basically the <laughs> season's set. fucking over, you might as well just appeal. <laughs> it doesn't look great, but you might as well. Yeah, like the lad I who told who told a customer to fuck off on a call center and got sacked. And when I said, "Why did you do that?" He said, "I wasn't talking to him. I was talking to the knobhead who sits across from me." I was like, well, that's not a defence I want to go in there with, I'll be honest. It's not a great opening gambit. (laughs) (laughs) I remember in my, in a a several times old job, um, somebody got uh, effectively disciplinaried for stealing 
thousands of pounds worth of stuff on the That spot. sounds like a disciplinary offence, it must be said. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Um, but he sort of didn't, he wasn't a, a union rep, but he spoke to, he wasn't a union member, but he got his colleague who was a union rep to get the NUJ lawyer in to basically kind of... That's a disgrace. Claiming so unfair anybody, who, like, oh, anybody who joins a union in good faith, that's a disgrace. That's absolutely, it's it's a travesty. But anyway, um, and he basically got the you know he got the NUJ lawyer to come down from London or whatever to go into this disciplinary meeting, and they sat down and they sort of explained everything that he'd done and the email trail that they had of all of these things that he'd sold and the eBay records of all of these things that they'd sold and the testimony from the shops that he'd fenced stuff at. <laughs> and sort of, the lawyer just took one look at it, it was in there five minutes, and turned to him and went, what, why am I here? And just got, got up and walked out. Imagine, is that like when um, Bob Mortimer, Mortimer went to represent Jarvis Cocker after he invaded Michael Jackson's stage? <laughs> yes. Because I'm a lawyer, I'll come out here. He walked in, there's about 17 LA Jackson lawyers stood there. And Bob was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. But even yeah. more bang to rights. Anyway, I, had one, I, yeah. Yeah, I had one bloke who could not turn up to work on time and worked in a call centre. And when, and his most latest being late was he lived like five minutes walk around the corner from the office. And they said, Those "Why are you late? Why are you late this time?" And he said, "It's been snowing and there was slush on the floor, so that's why I was late." It's like, do you want me? To, this is your second written warning. You really want me to go in there with that? Please just resign now. It's a bit slushy out. <laughs> you know, well, you couldn't have left 20 minutes earlier. Yeah, you know, yeah, just, just shuffle. That's not a reasonable re- thing to go in with. Oh. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, so that's Mike. So Mike Brown, it's not, I don't think he's going to get very far because it is quite damning. But uh, No, it seems like what you would class as a textbook frivolous appeal. So, yes. uh uh, in other news, uh, the mm. Reds, who got, I think it's fairly safe to say, a fucking tonking at the weekend yes. of the Crusaders, uh, are having an honesty session. That's nice. They're going to sort it out. Honestly. Not literally, yeah. Honestly. honestly, that was shit, lad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, come on. I worry about how that might spiral out of control, though. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. start with saying, no, I, I, I think you're holding your run a bit too long. And it can't be long before it gets to, well, I think your wife's a fucking stupid cow. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> I've never liked yeah, you in tapered these, jeans. There you go. We're going things, down that road. Yeah, these things can get out of hand pretty fucking quickly. Nobody fucking likes your bus playlist. Stop putting it on. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> et cetera, indeed. Yeah, so there you go. Any more news? Hmm. Uh, yeah, CJ Standers revealed a bit more about why he retired, which yeah, I thought was quite interesting. He appeared on TV in Ireland on the Late Late Show uh, the other night and actually spoke properly about the reasons for why he called it a day early as opposed to his sort of previous I couldn't be fucking arsed with all this excuse that he <laughs> gave before, which I level with you. I respect it and related to you. Do you know to. what? I'd have left, I'd loved it if he just left it like that, to be honest. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so what he said is actually quite poignant and quite touching. Uh, he said, uh, I'm not going to do the accent. Um, you've all heard my razzy. You don't need me to do the accent. Uh, I was in South Africa during the lockdown. I got an opportunity to go back and spend time with my family and realise what is important for me. Took stock of where I want to be in a few years. Our daughter, Everly, having her there and seeing how she interacted with the grandparents. I went to my grandparents' grave and I stood there and I thought, I missed their funerals. 
But that was not the problem. The problem I was struggling with was that I missed the last nine or ten years of their lives. That was tough, very tough. And I said to Jean-Marie, my wife, that I don't want to take that opportunity away from Everly at all. Oh. Oof. Big oof. Yes, nobody can deny that, can they? Yeah. I well, mean, you wouldn't anyway. He's fucking up to win whatever he wants to do. No, indeed. However, given that CJ said in that very same interview that he thinks physically he's probably got another seven years of playing in his body... <laughs> Uh, if I was a That's South African pro... very specific. I love yeah. that. <laughs> not five, not ten, nope, no, seven. seven. years. But if I was a South African Pro 16 team, I would let him have a year or so to get, get the itch bored. again. And then I'd come to his house with a big check and say, fancy it? Yeah. And I think yeah. he'd probably say yes. He'd I probably... think we'll see. I think we'll see CJ Stander again. Didn't he ask? Didn't he ask on the late show? Didn't he ask him about what people saying about him? he wasn't really committed to Ireland? That he was like almost yeah. crying before he started yeah, speaking. Yeah, that was he was... fucking horrendous. It was. It's. It's worth watching that whole interview. But yeah, his take on all of the people who've basically sort of spent the last six or seven years pointing out that he's not really Irish. Uh, get fucked. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> Just take people at the word. It's fine. Right. Oh, is it? Uh, okay. Any more news? Uh, no, I think that's 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 new. Oh, uh, Alex Cuthbert is uh, oh, yes. signing for the Ospreys apparently. Oh, I thought nice. it was the Blues. No, that uh, that the headline said Blues, and then the of the rugby paper article, which is very funny. The headline said Blues, but the actual article said Ospreys. I bet that went down very well. I bet that went down extremely well. A certain contingent. I mean, I mean, the Blues don't the Blues don't exist anymore. So you know. Yeah, that's true. Actually, you can't sign yeah. for you can't sign for can't a, sign for a team exist. that doesn't fucking exist. But yeah, he's had a hell of a time at Exeter. He's been constantly injured, but when he's been fit for Exeter, he's yeah, been he's very played, very good. Played well, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, he's he played was well. Never, this, I mean, you know, season, we we jested, but he was never that terrible yes. a player, was he? When no, he, he was always extreme. Was he was always very good for Cardiff. He had an absolute nightmare at test level around 2015, 2016. But, you know. His, his confidence went, didn't it, I think, clearly. Yeah, it and it's did. that terrible thing when you're a winger, that when you're not scoring, all people notice is everything else. <laughs> it's very true. And and and, yeah. and your everything else might be just as kind of middling as it was before, but because the scoring's gone, it just comes into sharp focus that your position isn't great and you're maybe not as quick covering as you mm. should be and things like that, really. Yeah. So, you know, he's 31. He's, you know, unlikely to get any more Welsh caps, but the Ospreys have only literally only got one outside back that can be considered the appropriate size for a winger, who's George North, who's obviously not going to be on a rugby field anyway time for the next year. So having a, you know, hopefully past his injury problems, big bloke to stick on the wing is quite useful. We like, in this podcast, Josh, we like people to send us these now You're So Club 15s. Oh, we do, don't we? We've had a lot of them sent through. So we've got another one, and somebody suggested a Wales one. I think we might have had a Wales one before, but we're going to go with it again. This This is the great thing about Your So Club 15s, is that there's infinite variety and infinite permutations. Think about it. Most people don't play international rugby in any meaningful way. So, that, you know, you can have loads of Your So Club. So, Your yeah. So Club Wales version. Ethan Banfield sends this in. Thank you, Ethan, for taking the time for pulling this together. It's some crackers in here as well. It must be said. Even a couple that I don't really remember, but I'm going to be relying on you to remember them, maybe, Josh. Particularly the scrum half. I'll try my best. Honest to God, I have got very little memory of this scrum half. And when I look at his 
Well, yeah, the journeyman nature of his is career is probably why. Uh, I'll leave you to ponder on that as we go through the rest of it. He, he mm. has obviously... I'll give you some clues. Well, tell you what, I'll give you his career path, this scrum half, and you can see if you can identify before we come back. Okay. okay? Hit me. Starting in 2004, so Neath, Ospreys, Scarlets, Northampton, of course, Bath, Ospreys again, Bristol, Exeter, Wales Sevens, and three caps for Wales. Scrum half. Now, I'll leave you to ponder on that one, Ah. including new listeners out there. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we'll start off with the props. Avion Lewis Rock, don't be typing it in. I can see what you're doing. No, I'm, I'm, t- I'm trying to. I got, I've got. I know who this player is. I know. I know him. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think of his face. So I'm googling pictures of Wales scrum halves to make the name come into my head. All right. Anyway, okay. Avion Lewis Roberts is at loose end. Obviously, absolutely. Sail Sharks, Toulon. Forgotten yes, that little I episode. I remember that. That's amazing. Avion <laughs> Lewis Roberts to Toulon in 2011. Played 34 times. Fair play. He wasn't going there for, you know, wasn't going there for the eclairs. He was there no. for the... Fair play to him. They like a scrummaging prop in France as well, don't they? Let's face it. Back at Sale Sharks, one word, solitary Wales cap in 2008. <laughs> from Denby in North Wales. I think extra points have wow. been from North Wales in the Orso Club. I think I you think. do, yeah. Uh, scrum half, sorry, I'm obsessed with the scrum half, it's on the brain, no, hooker, <laughs> Gareth J. Williams, Bridge End Ravens, Cardiff Blues and nine caps for Wales, struggling Oof. to remember him. Yeah, fair play, I, 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 he's, I don't know who he is, I genuinely don't know who he is. Tight head, Craig Mitchell. Yes. Absolutely. 52 caps for Neath, 35 for the Ospreys, 37 for Exeter, Pontypridd, 9 for Cardiff. Played for Newport as well. Nearly had the full set there. Fair play. And a Newcastle Falcon as recent as 2018. Wow. Number four, which is a fucking blinder, second mm-hmm. row. Will James. Oh, great set. Pontypool, yes. Cornish Pirates, Gloucester Rugby and Wales. And lest we forget, see, I don't know whether this disqualifies him, right? But all four <laughs> of his Wales Cups came in a World Cup. Yeah, he went, he went to the Rugby World Cup instead of Ian Goff, which was, I mean, just... Which I think real... might disqualify you, even though it is also, because it's Will James, the <laughs> most also the... club thing in the world. I know. Do you know what Will James is currently doing? I don't know. Stealing a living like he was then? He's he's currently head of rugby sports development and performance at Ampleforth College, a public school in North Yorkshire. Yes. That's where Brian Ashton worked for a while. Oh, really? Ampleforth College, yeah. They just like bald people, (laughs) clearly. But yeah, I'd say, yeah, it's a good shout, Ethan. It really is. But I'm I'm wondering whether he could be disqualified for having a a World Cup only international career. But I think it's it's he's allowed because it was such an ignominious, you know, terrible World Cup. You know, he's part. He might have only had four caps, but they were four caps caps at the real nadir of Welsh rugby in the modern era. And only selected ahead of Ian Goth because he played in the English Premiership. I think basically 100%. that was the top and bottom yes. of it. Yeah. Number five, Ollie Cohn. Oh yes, I mean that's. A very, very dubious Wales Yossa Club 15 because he, I don't think he ever, he, he, the he first time cap. he ever came to fucking, 
First time he ever fucking came to Cardiff was when he was running out in a Wales shirt in that fucking game. <laughs> yeah, Bristol, Plymouth Albion, Bristol and Harlequins. One game in 2013. Those were, that was a rough moment as well, by the way. Just His grandfather was from Wales or something, wasn't was he? he? It was I don't proper. know. I, don't, I, don't, it was, I remember it because it was proper. He's a Bristolian boy through and through. But like his whole fucking thing was... Just Wales were on their arse with locks, and Gatland looked at him and thought, "Let's I'll have, have a look. I'll have a squint at this. Yeah, I'll have a look at this. He's a big old blo- You know, he's, he what was six foot seven and twenty one stone or something like that. It was fucking massive. And Gatland went, oh, I, can, "I could maybe work with that." <laughs> and then he came on in the second half against was it against Ireland, I think, and that was the absolute end of the conversation. <laughs> Number six. Oh, another North Wales at number six. Rob Hello. McCusker. Yeah. Started at Mould, went to Clenetley, then Scarlets, London Irish, Ospreys, Medical Joker, then Extension. Medical Joker that became a three-year career at the Ospreys. Yeah, he sort of turned up, and everyone went, oh, he's rock solid, isn't he? And he was. He's yeah, fucking... stuck completely solid. Six Wales yeah. caps. About right, I'd say. I'd say about right, yeah. Bang on. Yeah. Him and Turnbull are of an ilk. Mm-hmm. Turnbull's he not is. in this one. In many ways, Rob McCusker was... And they played in the same Scarlet's team on is numerous Josh... occasions, didn't they? Is it because Josh Turnbull's got too many caps? He probably has, depressingly. Because Turnbull I mean... was at the Scarlet's, wasn't he, before Cardiff? Yeah, yeah. Scott, he played 100 caps for Scarlet's, 100 caps for the Blues. Yeah. Him and McCusker were... He's, he's got 10 caps for Wales. I think that's maybe slightly too many. Who, Turnbull... Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Number seven, open side mm. franker, Sam Cross. Ebbuvale, I mean, Cardiff Met, Newport, 31 for the Ospreys, Wales Sevens, GB Sevens. He's still, you know, Olympic silver medalist. Yeah. Two caps for but Wales. Then he, but the, 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 the fashion in which he got his two caps for Wales are extremely also club, though. Because he had that, he'd been signed by the Ospreys in the summer mm-hmm. and had barely had a run out because he was a primarily a sevens player. And the Ospreys were on the bones of their arse with injuries and they had to go to Saracens in the Heineken Cup. And it was that game where they still lost, but they oh scored. Oh, God, about, yeah, 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 yeah. They scored about 40 points and Sam Cross was everywhere and was basically just like, well, fuck it, lads, I'm going to play sevens then. And. Just Gatland looked at him and went, "He's large and quick." And <laughs> Let's have a six, squint at this. He, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's six foot three and sixteen stone. Let's, let's call him up for the autumn and see what happens. And he had a couple of caps. I, I don't even remember who they were against, but they were in an autumn. And he never went near a Wales squad again. Yeah, and right, to be honest, quite rightly so. Number eight. A lot of Ospreys mm. in here, Josh. I have to say. Well, Number eight, Dan Baker. Swansea yeah. All Whites, 36 caps, 86 appearances for the Ospreys, Stade Montois, and the Dragons. Very the Dragons now. Three yeah, Wales he just signed, caps. He's just signed a new deal with the Dragons, actually. He came in as a, a medical joker from. He, got, he had horrible luck. I really thought he could be like a factor for Wales at number eight because he's such a powerful carrier. Mm. But then he just got injured to fuck. I think he got injured to fuck on his first Wales appearance, which is, you know, 
classic you're so club option isn't yeah because sometimes it's not your fault you're you're so club you just get you know you just yeah. get bad luck james simpson yeah, daniels you're so club in england despite being a spectacularly absolutely. talented lad Nick Abendanen, he's your so club, despite being a spectacular. But anyway, we're talking about Wales now, yeah. aren't we? God, I turned into fucking John Inverdale there. Um, <laughs> Dan right. Baker made his Wales debut on that Wales tour to Japan in 2013, the tour yes. for me. Which, yeah. Oof. Oof. We've, we've reached the, the scrum half point in proceedings, Josh. Have you put your is finger Warren, on it yet? Is it Warren Fury? It is not Warren Fury. He oh. played for Newcastle. It is, and I don't remember this person at all, right? Martin yeah. Roberts. I remember Martin Roberts, <laughs> yes. Of course it is. Oh, absolutely adequate. <laughs> <laughs> Three caps Martin for Roberts. Wales in 2008-9. That would have been the beginning of the Gatland era, wouldn't it? Yeah. Martin Roberts, not even the most famous. He's not got a Grand Martin Slam Roberts. medal, has he? I don't think so. Martin Roberts, of course, not even the most famous Martin Roberts because that's the bloke who prevents Homer's under the hammer. <laughs> it's a bit unusual, but I like it. He's from. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember Martin Roberts because he's from my neck of the woods. Oh yeah, I said. I think he's Neath, an Aberdeer boy. He's an Aberdeer boy. He's an Aberdeer boy. Scarlets, Northampton. Did so many of them go through Northampton? Yeah, six. And, and to be honest with you, Northampton, the most settled period of his career. He was there 2059 appearances, yep. you know, aside from 72 appearances for the Scarlets. He was, you know... Season at Bath basically. as well. Yeah. 22 appearances, that's a proper, like, you know... It's a is, proper run out like that. His, his journeyman score is very good. Yes, that's true. I would say. He never stayed anywhere very long. Speaking of journeyman scores, number 10, Nicky Robinson. Mm. Oh, now... Cardiff, See, I think Cardiff, it's... Gloucester, Bristol, Oyana, Cardiff again, thirteen caps for Wales. I think that I think the Robinson's got too many caps to be a That's true. You're so club. Also, Nicky Robinson was a fucking good player. I just I think he's too good to be a you're so club. He was really good. in his Cardiff pomp and also for Gloucester and Wasps. He was really fucking good. Who was his brother, the centre? That Jamie. Uh Jamie, yeah. yeah. Who was also good, but more again, talented than Nicky in from memory, but again didn't quite come off, did it? Yeah, he got about twenty caps. Jamie did. Mm. Um, he was a hard. He had. The, he was cursed with being behind Tom Shanklin a lot. Mm. Um, but again, very good player. He went to Toulon, but I think he went to Toulon before it was cool. <laughs> He's got the original tour T-shirt. <laughs> in the same way, Nicky Robinson went to Oyanar. But he went to Oyana before it was trendy to go to Oyana. Uh, I tell you, I, I remembered the other day. Who? You absolutely should be in any um, You're So Club 15 for uh, an English player. It's Joel Abd. Oh, yes. That is a good shout. Do you remember? I'll tell you what. He's a, currently a coach at Cast, Joel Abd, isn't it? No, I didn't know that. He ended up in France. Yeah. There's also loads of English anyway. Yorso Club ones, and there were even more club, not because they didn't really get caps, but they were touted that they really should have had caps. Mm. But only for about six months because they looked decent for a small period of time. Marcel yeah. Garvey is the classic example. Oh, 100%. Of that. Oh, Joel Abd, right? Look at this for a career path. Bath. Yeah. Caffili. 
Bristol for 102 appearances, Toulon for 55 appearances, a game before it was cool, <laughs> and then finished his career at Oyana. Could Toulon be the Northampton of France in terms of I your so club for I a period? I genuinely think they might be. Because they signed everyone who was half decent. <laughs> yes, that's true. And if you were a Wales player or an Irish player or something like that, and you weren't, on, and you were on the fringes of the international, but you were a good club level player, Toulon would probably overpay you. And what? And of course, and not what we pay know, you. I was going to say what we know about Bujalal's approach to contracts. <laughs> he could sign as many people as he wanted and just flirt them off six months later. So, somebody posted a sort of team sheet from the first Champions Cup, Heineken Cup that Toulon wore. Uh, one rather earlier on Twitter and they were like look at this team and it's like and he's like yeah you can look at that team and you can think everybody there bar Baki's Butter didn't fucking get paid <laughs> like Johnny Wilkinson Matt Gitto Drew Mitchell it's like yeah no, none of them got fucking paid all of them just got loads of emails from Murad saying well I've definitely sent it have you checked your bank details yeah, right yeah, yeah. Can you just refresh it? Have another look. Yeah. Right. Into the three-quarter yes. line now. Uh, Dwayne mm. Aled Brew, of course, our Lord and Saviour. Yes. Uh, number 12. Oh, it's an all Ospreys uh, midfield, Josh. All know, Ospreys already, midfield, you, your so club. Who is it? Who's 12 and 13, all Ospreys, your so club midfield? Uh, is, it, is it the Bishops? No, it isn't. No, that's a fucking brilliant shout, by the way. But no, it's not. Of course, it is. Andrew and David Bishop absolutely should be. If it's not Andrew, if Andrew Bishop isn't one of those, you fucked it. Sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, number twelve. It's Ashley Beck. Yeah. Oh, see, seven caps for Wales. Too classy to be a fucking you're so club player. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it was a very good player. Thirteen, Jonathan Spratt. What What I'm more distressed yeah. about in in this information here is that Jonathan Spratt's got four caps for Wales I mean we're blessing but four caps Gatland, there were there were times when Gat, Warren Gatlin was trying to test out Wales's depth <laughs> and it was found wanting what I love about that. Spratt's career is it's four caps over four years so it's yeah. almost like it's like Gatlin kick going should we see if he's got any better? Do you, do you want to, yeah. shall, we, shall we bring him back? <laughs> we've, we've given you a list of things to go and work on. <laughs> yes. And then he got, let's see if he works out. Yeah. yeah. No, didn't get any better. No. Gave up in 2013. <laughs> 14, Tom Pridey, oh, of course. Bless him. The, the, uh, the fetus yeah. on the wing. And then fullback, an interesting choice at fullback rather mm. than wing, I think. Uh, Chris Chekai. Yeah, he did play. I, think, I mean, yeah, he was play playing fullback, at fullback for Wales when his career was horrifically ended or horrifically mainly Bless ended. Him. Nine caps for uh, nine Wales caps. Still playing for Merthyr in 2020. Fair play to him. He's a good player, really. Yeah, he's, he was like, he, fair play to him. I said, you know, his career was ended, but it was over for a very long time. But then he came back and played you know, at a relatively decent level, I think. His wife's really vocal on Twitter. I think he went to... A lot of people, a lot she of like is. other pros retweet his misses. Yes. But uh, yeah, he was a really good player in his day and she was very vocal about how head injuries had fucked him up. Ah, that's probably why I've seen her being retweeted. Yeah. Yeah. And and how his club in France at the time did absolutely fuck all about it, which, uh, I mean, who's shocked? 
There's that story with Shantae and Harper, isn't it? Read it? He was one of the first ones that came out and said, I basically am oh, borderline Jesus. learning disabled, didn't he? Um, and it's that story yeah. where when he was, what, what French club was he at towards the end? When he said he, Fabian Galtier was screaming at him for lying on a rook. And he said, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I, I didn't have the heart to stop and say, I don't remember or know anything that you're talking about. Because the reason I was lying on a rook is because I was just basically knocked out cold. Because every time he got tackled, pretty much, he just went unconscious. In the back end of his yeah. career, yeah, it was Montpellier. He was at yeah because somebody somebody put like pointed that out about how it sort of showed what a sort of hard taskmaster Galtier is and like, <laughs> but it's like no, you were you were screaming at a man that was brain injured. So many concuss- <laughs> yeah, it was horrendously brain injured, and you just didn't give a shit. Well, people with brain like, injured, Josh, you, know, you just need to shout some sense into them. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Simple as that. It's a rugby. It's the rugby way. Yeah, terrible. Um, yeah, Harpe remains one of the sort of most horrendous sort of examples of what happened. With... And that was quite a long time ago now. I think it he was. came he out. Retired he came out with his yeah his piece in twenty twelve, I think, or thirteen, just after he retired. Yeah, yeah. I think that was they probably the brain rugby league. I bet where I yeah. I think that was the moment where I realised he, like, that the concussion was not something we could ignore any longer and we had to start talking about it, I think, was reading that and going. But as you say, he had the sort of double fucking whammy of playing a lot of NRL, a lot of Super League, (laughs) and then coming over at the Bath and London Irish and playing fucking, and then playing in France and test level. You know, his body took a lot of that is a lot of pasty to put your head through, isn't it? Yeah. Especially as this was rugby league in the era where <laughs> it was actively encouraged to twat someone in the head at any opportunity. Which is I wouldn't know, say it was actually just recently I wouldn't say it was actively encouraged, but I wouldn't say it was discouraged <laughs> either. Is it any way they perform? <laughs> They've just started discouraging it, to be fair. They have. They've decided that it might be worth having at least having a conversation about it, yeah. <laughs> Right uh, then, that's the end of the thank you, Ethan, for that Your So Club nomination. A trip down memory lane, even for the people I couldn't remember. So, indeed. Now, shall mm. we talk about the weekend? I think we probably should, yeah. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. A pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope Sick, now streaming only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. Right, so that was the weekend. We'll do shit good now and welcome back our non-patrons. Mm. Hello, everybody. Um, now then, should we do... Have you got any shits? 
Oh, have I? Oh, have I? Um, Nick Mullins. <laughs> well, we've already I gone there a bit, haven't we? He's reached that Eddie Butler plane now where every sort of recycled florid metaphor that comes out of his mouth just makes me want to hoof my TV into the sun. <laughs> like, it's just so... I can't hear him talk about piano movers and piano players anymore. It's so boring. that I don't know if it's just because I've watched a lot of beat of rugby this year, but fuck me. It's always the same jokes. And because he's everywhere, because he's in the Six Nations and he's in the Premiership and he's in the Champions Cup, I just can't get away from him. And I'm so sick of hearing his fucking shtick, man. I ran into it. He seems like a very nice bloke. A very like. nice man. And, and he obviously loves rugby and wants it to be popular. And that's to be, you know, applauded. Um, but I read an interview with him. I, I heard an interview with him once when he was saying that he didn't like it when commentators editorialised. That wasn't their job. They should be there to observe. That's what Austin Healy's there for or Ben Kay's there for to editorialise. And yet, what frustrates you most about is he does actually editorialise all the time constantly. by saying how everything is fucking amazing. Yeah. That's what annoys me. It's like, fine, don't slag people off. That's fine. Just be neutral about it then. Don't be floridly overexcited about how fucking wonderful yeah, everything is all the time. He's constantly peddling a narrative that just bores the fucking piss out of me <laughs> because it's always the same narrative. I can't do it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's hard to keep inventing Absolutely. good things to say on the hoof the amount in live of work, commentary. The amount but... of work he gets between Champions Cup Premiership and Six Nations, of course he's recycling material. But, God, it's hard to listen to if you listen to it every week. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin M gets in touch. She says shit is Finn's fashion sense. Oh, my God, those trousers. Now, yeah, I've seen this picture, yeah. On the flip side, though, Alex Alex says that he likes that Finn Russell gives zero fucks and turns up at the Monaco Grand Prix in cargo pants. Cargo pants cuffed at the high ankle. Thank you very much. Low slung as well. Yeah. Genuinely, though, people have said, oh, it means he doesn't give a fuck. Nah. No, I don't think so. I think that's He thinks he's at the height of fucking fashion there. That's some cutting edge. That's like fucking Beckham in the sarong in his mind. It is. He's trying to be that guy and oh I tell you it's a bad look it's a real bad look it is I see it quite a lot in the town where I live and I live in a bit of a crap hole because that's what people on the street wear yeah stop appropriating the clothes of fucking normal people and trying to make it trendy (laughs) now yeah fair play but yeah. You know, you got to, you know, if he's going to the Monaco Grand Prix, I suppose if you, I'm loving the you fact know. you've got a fucking rugby union player knocking around the Monaco Grand Prix, though. You got to like that, haven't yeah. you? You know, that's not that that's not a Scottish one. Yeah. At that, sorry, Scotland yeah. fans, you don't expect that much, do you? You don't expect to no, see you that don't. much. No. Have you got any more shit? Oh, have I? Um, I've got one more anyway. Um, <laughs> you fucking oversold that. Willie John. <laughs> Willie John McBride having opinions on the Lions. Willie John McBride's or, opinions can fuck off, basically, about honestly, these days. Invariably, he just talks a load of shite that demonstrates he's about as in touch with modern rugby as I am about whatever's going on in Glow Up Britain's Next Makeup Star. I might be tangentially aware of what's going on and understand the concept, but in terms of actually what's occurring, just don't ask me. No. Like, he I said don't even know what contouring that, is. No. He said this week that the concept of the Lions has been destroyed because there won't be any Who fans by this, this time? time. 
Who's done uh, it this time? By, by the Lions. The Lions have destroyed it by not having fans. Destroyed themselves. Um, that's an interesting, that's yeah. an interesting angle. Which, which is in, it's uh, other people. Yeah. yeah, it's an opinion he's allowed to hold. Uh, it's total bollocks. But, you know, fair enough. You know, it will suck that there won't be fans on tour, but the whole concept of the Lions going back to 1888 was always about making money from the start. So I don't know why he thinks that in these extremely weird and unique times that this is somehow the last straw. Like, if you are a you patron, like, oh, they should postpone it or cancel it. If you are a patron, you can you will have already heard the history of the British Lions episode with Tony mm. Collins, and we actually made it publicly available for Lions season for anybody who isn't a patron. You can kind of one you can see the kind of stuff we do in rugby history. Check but if you out. want the full fucking story of how everyone was mortally embarrassed by the British Lions for at least the first twenty years of its life then please go and have a listen because it Easy. is actually genuinely fucking interesting. And the fact they're claiming all this wonderful heritage now is a fucking laughable because literally they all hated it <laughs> when it started and it was seen as uncouth yes. and awful. Indeed. But I just think, especially William Bryant, being a player, you know, he should understand, like, what Sam Warburton said about it a few weeks back, which was just like, if you cancelled that tour it would basically rob an entire generation of players of the moment that their entire career has been geared towards and they probably never get another chance at it. And, yes. But yeah, sure, Willie. Like, throw the whole thing in the fucking bin because you think it's not as good with fans there. It's like, nobody thinks it's as good without fans there. But it's the best we can fucking do. But again, Just you know, it's the, it's the old man yells at cloud stuff and it's been going on for so yeah, long. I mean, we do it a bit. But I mean, he's really, he's like yeah. fucking Lurch and the Adams he's family. He's genuinely old man. But it's um, it's like it seems like every couple of weeks somebody asks either him or Jim Telford to say something negative about the Lions, and they absolutely oblige. And I'm just bored of it, man. But how many? It's it plays into this headline stuff that happens everywhere now, which is somebody says something about something, and that's the headline, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Justin Marshall's tip to replace tip for the new All Black Ten jersey or something, yeah. or. There's just so much of it all the time. Richie McCaw delivers it, verdict on this. And then yeah, you've actually got to read what his verdict is. So it's just rug, another example of... Rugby Pass and Wales Online are extremely bad for both of those things, by the yeah. way. God, they don't help anyone. See, no Willie John McBride con- says lions are ruined or whatever, you know. Yeah. The four reasons Willie John McBride says that the lions are like having a shit or something. Do you know what I mean? It's, <sighs> yeah. It's, yeah, in the bin with it all. What else we got this shit here? Andy Bradshaw gets in touch. He said, shit, is Leicester losing by one sodding point? He said, but however good is Leicester getting get to within one point of winning a European title after a catastrophe fuck-up of the last few years? Yeah, I agree mm. completely, Andy, as you can tell by our discussion earlier. The, um, Indeed. However, don't, you know, lest we forget, Cardiff, the artist formerly known as Cardiff Blues... Did quite well in a Challenge Cup of late. Mm. It's no guarantee of anything, is it? Absolutely. Um, however, I do think that Leicester's probably improvement is not quite as built on sand, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what else have we got here? This shit. Phil Jones gets in touch. He said, from the Times last Saturday, this is shit, Briganti RFC in Sicily, after having their clubhouse burned down by the Mafia in 2018... Jesus. The Cosa Nostra broke into the rebuilt clubhouse in April and stole the equipment. Then last week, they returned and torched the team bus. Jesus. I mean, cry. One, rugby on Sicily. Who knew? Yeah. 
Who knew indeed? Two obviously got some massive beef for the local mafia. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to make for an awkward away day, isn't it? I mean, you hear about stuff getting people getting broken into the container and the kids' cones getting nicked and stuff, don't you? But this is of a, yeah, an entirely this is, different order. It's an entirely more sinister, <laughs> oh Jesus, kind of vibe. I'm assuming yeah. it's protection racketeering and they're just saying, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> And yeah. this is what's happening. Which, which, I mean, yeah, fair play to them. Start. Francis Woodifield, or Woodyfield, Woodifield, Francis, let us know, gets in touch and says, shit, is Luke Pierce's Frongley? It was quite bad, actually, was She it? says, like, I, I appreciate... away from him. I appreciate he's making an effort, but it would honestly be easier for French people to understand clear, slow English than his mishmash <laughs> of whatever the hell that was, she says. She says, I'm aware I'm in a minority, but as a, as, a, as a language speaker myself, it really grinds my gears. There is a bit of that, isn't there? There is a kind of, well, just pick one or the other, because at the minute I've got no fucking idea what you're talking about. You sound like Del Boy. To- when he was trying to explain the body of red cards. Amazing. I felt, I really felt for him because yeah. he was just clearly oh, don't like, moi français, I, uh, yeah. really, headbutt. Uh, don't, don't, c'est la bibliothèque. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> comme ci, comme ça, où est le gars? Um, it was not good. So I've given him a red card, all right? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> to which, to which the response of the Blavishon captain was to, sh- was to was to gesture that it may have gone chest and up into his chin, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was like, nice try, mate, but honest that. to God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your attempt to bridge the language boundaries with that gesture, but it is not, a, not happening. No. Uh, Martin Lewis gets yeah. in touch. He said, shit, I'm feeling really depressed as I had an injury, 16 weeks injury, and I've not been able to exercise, and I feel huge. Can't wait to be able to train again. He says, but good is I've bought a signed Alan Wynne-Jones Osprey shirt to cheer myself up. Well done, Martin. I wish nice. I had the excuse of being injured through the fact that I've done fuck all for 16 weeks. <laughs> but it's been a lot longer than that, and I'm not even injured. So Yeah. Do a lot of DIY, though. So, you know, I it's am not, burning yeah, a bit of calories quite, on the shovel. Indeed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's probably deceptively hard work, that stuff. It is. It's not even deceptively hard work when you've done about four shovels and you're fucked and you're thinking I'm an absolute disgrace. But it's getting better now. I've actually got like properly like calluses on my hands from me shoveling. Oh, the see. first time in my life I feel like a real. I know you shouldn't God. do toxic masculinity, but you know what but I mean. At the same time, yeah. You can't escape this working class masculinity that's built I've in your canyon. So- I've got the soft hands of a man who's never done an honest day's work know, yeah. in his life. My entire family that's preceded me would be ashamed. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Rianne Lowe gets in touch and says, shit, is journalists dogpiling on the Aussie teams? Yeah, it's not going to help, is it? No, that is again. I mean, I know we did do a bit of that, but... Well, not really. We just said the whole setup wasn't helping. No, it doesn't help anyone. As you said, it's nobody's fault that everyone's just so much better. You know what I mean? They can't help it. But yeah, it doesn't... It really doesn't help to then... You know, especially given how the state that Rugby Union is in in Australia... Fucking doom and gloom in it is not helping anyone, is it? I mean, but I mean, try, do a comparison. Who's in? You know, imagine sending Sale to play the fucking Hurricanes every yeah. three weeks. Yeah. Can you imagine the damage that would be caused? Yeah. Or, or Worcester, you know. Like. I mean, they're down what, the bottom, aren't they? But imagine just anybody. Imagine Leicester. Imagine Leicester having to go and play Crusaders. Yeah. Three times. Absolutely fucking dicked. <laughs> and, you know. Or, you know, most teams in, you know, the Pro 14 and in, you know, 
what New Zealand are at Super Rugby is scary shit. Yeah. They're better. They're better than everyone else. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be real about this. Let's move on to good, shall we? Yes. What have you got? Um, good for me. Uh, firstly, good for me is have you seen the video of uh, Romain Ntamak attempting to surf with the Champions Cup trophy? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> it's very silly. Does he because, look greased and oiled like Antoine de Cohn? Uh He does a little bit, yeah. I mean, he's in far better nick than I am. Is his hair he, still they, in exactly the same place? Absolutely perfect. Of course it is. He uh, basically run. He he sort of holds it like a surfboard and then runs into the sea and tries to jump on. But oh, I see. He's actually surfing on the cup. I thought you meant he was yes. surfing whilst holding the cup. No, 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 cup. no, no. Right. He's trying to use the cup as a surfboard, and it goes about as well as you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good video, um, and I also enjoy that. I just saw a photo of, from uh, somebody that they've currently filled the Champions Cup with mojito which is a very classy, very French way to... That would be filled with beer. It's a very young anywhere. person's thing, isn't yeah. it? It's a, very, it's a very young person's thing it's to basically, do. That. It's basically become the equivalent of a picture of Woohoo in Weatherspoons, you yes. know? My daughter's had a cocktail making kit for her birthday because she, she's oh, yeah. into all that now. She's had to she's learn getting, for work and stuff. She's getting Woohoo, the classic Weatherspoons cocktail. Yeah, and... Do they um, even do WKD Blue anymore? I don't think they do, I do they? I think they do. Oof. I mean, I haven't seen one for many years. But Cheeky Vimto, be. isn't that Blue Wicked? <laughs> Cheeky Vimto, that's a Blue Wicked indeed, in some yeah. way, isn't it? Indeed. The, uh, yeah, so I had to, we had to get her a cocktail set because we actually, actually had a proper measure in it because her measures were off the charts when she was making stuff. So we had to we had to <laughs> give her a tool rain to this, assist her. Rain this in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to go and work in America where it's free poor, I'm afraid yeah, exactly. you're doing Or Spain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, right. What else we yes. got? Is good. Simon Jones gets in touch. He says, "Good Hadley Parks and his Panasonic Wild Nights. Another yes. Wild Night is calling." I used to love Van Morrison before he came an arsehole. Like, it's even it's worse such a now. Shame. He's such you an know, awful is, person. Yeah, it's. I mean, he was always an arsehole, but when he was just a sort of like crotchety, difficult arsehole, he was kind of entertaining. Was all right. It? Yeah, it's sort of like in, in you know, it's sort of like when Morrissey was like kind of willfully obtuse, but before he became a sort of total twat. And of course, you look at it now, and he's always been spectacularly racist when you go back through the interviews. It's it's amazing how it's yeah. it, it, it it's just hovered you underneath. You thought the that radar. it was done with like a, you thought that it was done with like an arch eyebrow, but it turns out that no. It's, no, in 1937, the axe were only yeah. on top of the pops because they were black and things like that. And you go, oh, fucking yeah. hell. So you were always this person. <laughs> you were always a cunt. We just assumed you were being ironic. Well, Van Morrison's reached the, you know, making records with Eric Clapton and Ben's lockdown. I mean, that just right, shows Kerry. that we've gone on, right, we've gone on too long because we, we miss, he's missed his actual cue to end the podcast he has, like yeah. he did last week. <laughs> shows we've gone on too long. His fucking Apple Watch has just gone off to tell him to start barking. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, Hadley Parks and his Panasonic White Knights, says Simon Jones, winning the top league and Parks demonstrating that he's ready for the imminent call-up as an injury replacement on the Lions. Any day now. Could you justify as a geography selection? You no. No, no, no idea. But, you know, I'd still call him up in a heartbeat, and so would Gats, let's face it. Will he G- needs a 12 to do a job. 
Who else are you going to pick? Well, Nick not, Tompkins. Not Gary Ringrose. No. Okay. We know that much. No. Uh, and he's a 13 anyway. But I was making a point that he didn't pick him. Uh, Will Gaines gets in touch. He says, good is Ellis Genge speaking some harsh golf truths. Ellis Genge says, I'd sooner lose 12 Pro V1 balls in my driver than hit an iron off the tee on a par five. You know who you are, you cowards, says Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this wonderful image of Ellis Genge dressed in whatever he would wear to play golf, which I imagine is fucking amazing, by the way. Yes. Absolutely spannering the ball off the tee with a with a with yeah. driver and taking a mulligan like ten times in a row, while a massive queue of typical golf people builds up behind him, all tutting and demanding and that best, he's demanding yeah. to play through, and he just won't have it at all. Yeah, the best part is that he will absolutely be delighted by infuriating the typical golf person. <laughs> yes. There's a, there's a huge part of him that will just love it. Do it for an hour. Just keep losing yes. balls. Ruin his <laughs> scorecard just to make a point. Uh, Speaking of speaking golf, of, I watched yeah. the, did you watch the, have you seen the Tiger documentary on no, Sky? No, I haven't. Is it good? It's interesting. It tells us mm. a lot about his father, but the first half deals with his rise. The second half deals with his, his fall and all that shenanigans. Mm. He is what my nan would call in terms of his extracurricular activities, he is what my nan would call a filthy pig. <laughs> <laughs> so any time we you all mention- know, we all yeah. know, Lee's nan didn't throw that around. No, no. Well, she does quite a bit. No. See, anybody like you's like, but he sort of said, "Where's where's our Gary?" Stayed out with some woman last night. The filthy pig. So basically, that's what gets. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Fair one. But it's worth watching. I love a documentary that's in two very long parts, like four hours yeah, of it. Me you know too. I mean? Detail. Me. It's worth watching anyway. Star. Sorry. I watched that Bee Gees one. That was that's like two a good and a half hours long. That's a good that's a good one. One. I, lo- really I did not good know one. they all fucking hated each other by the end. No. Indeed. All the story in the world in many ways, but for some reason I thought they all got on, but no, hated each other by the end. Mm. I'll tell you what, though. Hello, back catalogue. Oh, that... I'll tell you what. You know what? And you know, we sometimes. We, you we... forget how many good songs they've written. And, you know, we play guitar, or at least try, don't we? And funny enough, after I watched that, I thought, I'm going to try and learn how deep is your love on the acoustic guitar when I'm in the mood for serenading, you know? And I thought, it can't Mm. be that hard. Fuck me, it's some complicated chord progression Mm. shit on that song. Yeah. It's deceptively. Yeah, ridiculously clever band. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Uh, Speaking of tangentially, Ellis Genge. Leicester, hmm. also Leicester was good. Uh, I thought the way that Tom Young spoke after the yes defeat was really, you know, given especially given that half his teammates were busy absolutely losing their heads at the final whistle and trying to start a fight with anyone that moved. Yeah, I had a lot of time for that, that by did, the way. That's in good. Oh, it was, it was funny, very Leicester, uh, very Leicester. Let's face it, but yeah, you know. It, what should have been, you know, a, you know what undoubtedly was a devastating loss, especially given how much better they were than Montpellier for a lot of that. Um, you know, it would be easy to be totally gutted, but he was just like, look, you know, it's just instant perspective of just like, look, look where we fucking were. Basically what you said, look where we fucking were, look where we are now. Like we nearly got relegated last year and... Now and he's dealt with some with shit the, in his life, hasn't he, in the past few that's years? That's the thing. As Tom. He has, so I think you know, he's a bit like, look, he's, I'll help these he's young a person that understand. 
Indeed. And, you know, like, as you say, you know, the stuff that he's gone through in his personal life almost certainly gives him a unique level of perspective of how this stuff does not fucking matter at all. But, like, yeah, the fact that he just was absolutely refusing to be gutted or down in the dumps, you know. I got low, you know, bang average player. Absolutely, you know, never baffling that he ever got on a Lions tour. But... The way that he spoke, the way that he acted, the way that he carried himself, just massive props, massive respect to him. Obviously a good leader for that club, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Matt Merritt gets in touch. He says, good is the Premier 15's final this week, which Saracens versus Harlequins is live on BT Sport. Great to see it getting the nice. full treatment rather than just being Indeed. streamed on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dennis Souter gets in touch. He says, good was getting to play for my own club for the first time in 15 months. He says, and promptly engaging in shithouse behaviour by untying the boot to the bottom of a rock, for example. Nice. He said, however, I, it's their fault because their oldest player was, was 22 and ours was 51. Yes. <laughs> yeah, whatever you need to do to bring that down. Veteran <laughs> shithousing is some of my favourite uh, <laughs> shithousing. <laughs> Catherine Cavanagh, a friend that gets in touch, she says, good is the joy, in capital letters with an exclamation mark, the pure, unadulterated joy of being at Twickenham on Saturday. Shows how long you've been away. That place brings you that much joy, Catherine. But yeah, like a huge, fizzing, delighted family reunion. Except everyone actually liked each other. Yes, I've seen some photos, Catherine. It was a very lovely day out. So I'm glad you Indeed. enjoyed yourself. She says, however, better than that is the photos by Dan Sheridan in the Toulouse dressing room of them all drinking champagne in ski goggles. Yes, that seems to have weirdly kind of transplanted from baseball. Where that's is that a baseball co- thing? Is it baseballs are done th- like in sort of American sports in general now, but particularly baseball. The tradition is after you win something, whether you get into the playoffs or whatever, you come back into the changing rooms and everybody puts ski goggles on and you basically just drown everyone in champagne. And oh, so it doesn't go in the eyes. So it doesn't go in the eyes exactly. It's very sensible, but a bit weird. Um, but it's very, very popular in American sports. Fucking cowards. Yet another reason why yes. this country, this century sucks <laughs> is that people won't even get champagne in their eyes anymore. But it's, it's weird that it's sort of, that's the first time I've ever seen it in a UK sport. You know. And I think it's, yeah, I think it started, let's see when it started. I mean, we're keen 29, on it. 2019, the Washington Nationals did it in Major League Baseball uh, when they won the pennant. Um, and everybody else seems to have sort of cottoned onto it from there. So the Washington Nationals obviously decided we don't want to get stuff in our eyes, so we're just going to all wear ski masks. And now everybody does it. It's caught on like wildfire in America. We're keen on American things, aren't we, Josh, me and you? We I like, like American a bit of Americana. We like America. Yeah. I like it. I like a lot of things that come over here from America. This is not one of them. No, I think it's a bit. Just get a bit of fucking champagne in your eyes, lads. You know, I mean, the difference is, I guess, that Toulouse have probably got to play another fucking game of rugby on Wednesday or something because of the top fourteen. <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. Still got ten games of the season left to go. Um, <laughs> any more good? Uh, quick good. Uh, All Blacks playing Fiji and Samoa this summer, uh, including a two-test series in Fiji against Fiji for the first time which is a huge game for over there, frankly. Um, the cynic might say it's a bit of a PR play, given the current sort of competition for PI teams 
in Super Rugby, but you know, still a really good thing that the All Blacks are going to the islands. There you go. The only good thing to announce right at the end here is that we are both, I think we are both engaged in the Scottish Rugby Blog's end of season dinner event. Yes, we are. On the 25th of June, which should be, I think, interesting because we, we've been told what we need to do. Well, I have. And I think you're involved yeah. in, yeah. I think I'm involved we won't give in any, more no spoilers. Sort of, but yeah. yeah, I'm involved in, in more of a sort of... Supervisory I mean, capacity. I'm playing, to my, I'm, playing, I'm playing to my strengths, I think. In terms of judgment, yes. yes. <laughs> so we'll say no more than that. Indeed. But yeah, so yeah, that should be a good. Should one. be a good fun time. Right then, thank you everybody for your time. Thank you, Josh. Uh, we'll be back My next pleasure, week. As always. When do the playoffs start? I've had enough of this now. Uh, fucking not soon enough, mate. <laughs> yeah. of come on now. Shit. We love rugby. We're glad it's bad, but come on. <laughs> Can we just get on with it? Seriously. Still, oh, still a get one game left. No, two, three games left. Right. Fuck, that's too many games. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're back anyway, on the norms yes. next week then. And uh, yeah, as we we build Point. up towards the Lions as well. Speak to you all soon. Indeed. Ta-da. Take care. Bye. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than one percent of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. A pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope sick. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Eighteen plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.